Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Cornwood Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Cornwood Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my right-hand man, my number two, Mr. Kev the Dark Lord of Facial Hair, and, of course, our amazing intern back in the back booth, Mr. Samir. We are back with another show. Crazy weekend of football. We had a quarterback's neck. It basically looked like he like collapsed from a – I don't even know how to categorize that hit on Mahomes. I swear. I thought he, like, tore something the way he collapsed. Um, We got Buffalo moving on. We've got the Rams just getting punked. And uh, we have Tommy Brady. Samir, I swear to God, you are the kiss of death, my guy. <laughs> I love Tom Brady now. I'm going to say it. I love Tom Brady. I'm a Giants fan, and I love Tom Brady. Oh, he's not a robot anymore. He's a normal guy. He's posting fun stuff on Instagram. He's kind of pumped. He's, like, still competitive, but he's, like, being himself, and I love it. He's cool. You know what? I, I'm all for the new this new fun Tom Brady, too. I also feel like the second you got a Belichick shadow, I feel like you can loosen up a little bit. But my mom said something the other day. We'll talk about this when we talk about the Bucks. But she was noticing some things about Gronkowski. Also, like, I just noticed this, by the way. The best observations are from casual football fans who haven't watched football in a while. My mother said two things during the Saints-Buccaneers um, game that, like, stuck with me because I started looking at it. Then my buddy Jack, who is a listener of the show, shout out to my boy, um... He's like a casual football fan. He's more of a soccer guy, but he does watch uh, like he does watch Pro Bowl on Sundays. And he was looking at me. He goes, "Dude, I'll just t- say taking a minute, but we'll start off first with the first Saturday game, Aaron Rodgers and oh the Packers. Uh, that game, that like game looked close for all five minutes. I was so yeah. disappointed. I was so sad. Yeah, I mean Aaron Donald though also was." Super injured. Yeah, he also looks super pissed. <laughs> Probably. I mean, Jared Goff played fine. Yeah. I mean, I also saw, like, the whole game to me, just everything felt off with the Rams. Like, even Ramsey was getting cooked on short routes. It was like, all right, this isn't usually Jalen Ramsey game. 
Yeah, I mean, giving up almost 200 yards on the ground did not help the Rams either. No. They they looked like – Jamal Williams looked like Derrick Henry on Saturday, or at least a poor man's Derrick Henry. He was just bulldozing through. That secondary looked so scared to tackle him. And any word on A.J. Dillon, he's okay, right? Because he had a really bad cutback or something like that. It looked like he hurt himself. But um, I didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah I haven't heard anything about that. Hopefully he's all right because A.J. Dillon, of course, Kevin's favorite rookie running back. Um Besides Damian Harris, right? Damian Harris is a rookie still? No. This is his second year. Second year. So, yeah, A.J. Dillon is Kev's favorite rookie running back. Um, My biggest thing is, one, Rodgers is not human. I I think we can establish – if Rodgers wins the MVP this year, I am not upset about it. But I will say this. This does kind of do a little slant towards our receiver list we did right before Christmas, Kev, because we were all on the Devontae Adams train – and he was making those scrub third and fourth guys, even big Bob Tunyon, look like monsters. I mean, then again, the Rams defense looked scared yesterday on Saturday. But I think this lends more to Aaron Rodgers just said, oh, you're going to draft a quarterback? Okay, I'm going to have an MVP year just to spite you. Yeah, once Aaron Rodgers leaves or retires or leaves, goes somewhere else, uh, Devontae Adams is going to be nowhere near the top 10 conversation. Uh, Tom Brady. Did the same thing in New England with guys like Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan. Got them big contracts the way he could play. But also, I think this year, this MVP race is the most boring MVP race in recent memory. Not even race, just it's so anticlimactic. Last like, year, La- Lamar Jackson broke the quarterback rushing record and was doing ridiculous things in the field. The year before that. Patrick Mahomes throwing for second player in NFL history to throw for 50-plus touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards. Even before that, 2017, think about it. You had Wentz, who was was running away with it for most of the season. You had Brady hot in his heels. Then you had Todd Gurley breaking touchdown records. It it just— 2016, Matt Ryan leading a phenomenal Falcons offense. Their defense wasn't even that bad either. Like they had a bunch of underrated guys. That was like that first. That was like the the first year they had um, um Keanu Neal and uh, um Ricardo At Ricardo Allen. They had that whole like underrated scrub D that actually was pretty good up until uh, the third quarter of the Super Bowl. Although, do you know who if Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP? Mm-hmm. Do you know what to do? Let's say they beat the Bucks, yeah, in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. You put all your money on whoever comes out of the AFC, whether it's the Chiefs or the Bills. Yeah. Oh yeah, NFL MVPs curse. do not win the Super Bowl. It's a curse. Has there ever been one, or is it like they're like oh and something in the Super Bowls? They're not oh and something. Um, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, if it's the Chiefs, I I might put money on the Packers, but if it's the Bills, there's that defense. On so on Sunday on Saturday night looked mean. Perfect transition, by the way. That, oh, yeah. oh, Kurt Warner ninety nine, by the way. That's, I, I knew I knew there was somebody at least in semi recent memory, like at least when we were alive. Um, but anything else before we move on? Uh, Packers and uh, Rams. Intern, you got anything? Why did they ran the Wildcat? I think too much. Acres is nasty, but they were running it too much and in weird spots. 
he runs hard though. Can we talk about like a, a quickly? Can we talk about an under a back who's not like a big back who just runs angry? Seriously, Cam yeah. Akers is just a freak. How hard he runs. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, honestly, the um, wild, I, I think they led the. That's gotta be like the record for the most Wildcat snaps in a in an NFL game, in an NFL playoff game, right? It's gotta be. They're down too. like two scores in like the middle of the third, and they're like, all right, let's just snap it directly to Cam Akers, and then he just runs it. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I don't know. A little question. I mean, if, as like an, as like I, I try to pride myself on honestly trying to understand offensive play calling and like how teams like to go about it. One, there was news that came out today about Jared Goff um, and Sean McVay having a very, very, very tenuous relationship. And one of my one of my guys over at the Liberty Line, uh, Victor uh, Williams, called out. He's like, oh, so this doesn't make news. But yet every five seconds, there's Wentz and Doug Peterson. And I'm like, I did want to comment back. Well, they did actually make the playoffs. We did not. But at the same time, though, like the fact that they almost started John Walford. This week, if he was good to go, was hysterical to me. But um, there was even some talk of Bortles starting against Green Bay, which I thought was a. I thought was I was laughing. I I couldn't believe it. So McVay and Jared Goff need to go on vacation together and make up. But uh, yeah, I Kev, I feel like you're looking up that stat right now. (laughs) I'm just looking up um the most wildcat runs in a game. Fair enough. All right, so we're gonna move on to while Kev's doing that we're gonna look at the Saturday night game which was for the first 20 freaking minutes was 20 minutes of game time that was the most boring game of all time the most entertaining part of that first half was the missed field goals I watched one of the best statistical regular season kickers of all time and Justin Tucker banked two off the uprights or no he shanked one right and hit the upright the other time I couldn't believe it I was like are you serious like what's going on? Like there's no way this is happening right now. And it just it wasn't even just there. It happened in Kansas City as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'm sitting there wondering myself, what the hell? I and you know what? I said this on Thursday, and you boys were both witness to this. The NFL is the karma football league. It always will be. And the Ravens did something. They pissed some entity in this in this football universe off by stamping on the Titans logo. And they got their win, but I think they definitely paid the price for it. And I, I feel horrible for Lamar, man. He took a shot on that, on that on his last play. But that team wasn't looking good, period. Huntley came and actually threw a couple of good balls. But Yeah, I mean, we all expected the Bills to win, though. I, I don't get all the hype around the Ravens at this point, especially in the playoffs. I understand Lamar Jackson just won his first playoff game, but he... They don't look great in playoffs against good teams. They don't look against good against good teams, period. But, I mean. Yeah, I mean, and now they released uh, Mark Ingram, which was a mistake. So that oh. team's going to be even worse next year. They're really backing that Gus Edwards is the number two back they always wanted. But he's bounced by what? Gus is, boy, four different teams he's been on since he's got drafted? It's got to be. But, um, yeah, I just, I look at. The, the game plan for the Ravens and it just it just felt like they were they were trying to they I think they forgot that the team that wrote the blueprint on how to stop Lamar Jackson last year has the same defense that got even better and the worst part I gotta give the Ravens defense credit so the Ravens defense coordinator should get a head coaching interview next year 
Because that was, the, the like, one of the best first-half game plans I've ever seen. The Bills' offense looked dumbfounded. for Until that Diggs touchdown, they looked like they were keeping that Baltimore team in it. And it was just tight, gritty, nasty defensive football. And I, I grew some appreciation for the Ravens' defense. But, I don't know. I just, uh, this, this Ravens, I still hate the Ravens. I, I know you do. But, also, uh, uh, Gus Edwards has played for a quarter of the teams you think he has. Only one other team? You said four. A quarter of four is one. Oh, he's only played for the Ravens. Yeah, it was an undrafted free agent in 2018. Oh, why did I think? All right, yeah. So, man, that's my – I feel like Gus Edwards bounced around a lot, but that might just be, like, me flipping guys' names. But uh, I think you're thinking about uh, who is that older guy on the Ravens? That he ran, they they he was his, their lead back for like a couple years, and he looked bouncing around, and then he ended up on the Ravens. Shoot, what's his name? Not Ingram because he's only played for two teams. Let's go. Oh, Alex Collins. Alex, Alex Collins. Yeah, oh. honestly, I, I could have flipped it with Collins or even Justin Forsett because he played for them for a while as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is so the Alex Ra- Collins even still on the Ravens though? No, he's gone. No, he's gone. He's gone. Okay, I was just I was like I don't think he's on the team still. Remember that? Remember that there was like a hot second where Alex Collins was like the next power back that somebody had to get a hold of, and then he just disappeared. But, I mean, um, Alex Collins even hasn't played for that many teams. He played for Seattle, Baltimore, and then Seattle again. Yeah, he was part of that like. Hey, let's just throw a running back at the line of scrimmage for 12 carries while Russell runs around for his life offense. Yeah. Oh, who's this? All right. Um, do you guys see? Uh, G- do you guys see? Uh, Gase is uh, uh leading uh the OC search in Seattle. Yeah, because uh, P- Peterson turned down the interview. I was la- I saw that. I was cracking. I'm like, no way. <laughs> I was like, they're gonna hire Adam Gase. I mean, you know what the thing is though. Gase wasn't a bad OC. He also had Peyton Manning. Well, I mean, yes, he had Peyton Manning, but at the same time, like, it wasn't like, yes, you can have a great quarterback, but if you're a terrible play caller, regardless of who's under center, it'll still show. So, I I mean, I, I think it might be okay. It's better than what the fuck they're running now. Yeah, that was, I don't know what they were who's, doing. Who, who's their OC? It was Schottenheimer, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Brian Schottenheimer. I just it just like his daddy runs that same annoying pound 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 throw it deep pound 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 throw it deep. You know, basically a Madden offense, and it only it only works in Madden against the AI. It doesn't really work against a human being because you know it's common knowledge where to throw the ball to. You have three talented receivers of four if you want to count Philip Dorsett. It, it just to me. I don't know, it's just. Ugh. Oh, do not talk shit about Marty Ball. <laughs> Yo, listen, Marty Ball revolutionary. Was, Marty Ball was great in the 2000s because it led to the legendary Ladanian Tomlinson. But like, Marty Ball in 2020 in 2021 just doesn't work. Oh, this is glorious. You got something good, don't you? Do you want to guess Marty Ball's NFL playoff record? Oh, I gotta say it's like it's gotta be absolute dog shit. Oh and thirteen. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> yeah. Dead 
0-13. That's great. He has one playoff win, and that was as coach of uh, the United Football League's Virginia Destroyers, where they beat the Las Vegas Locomotives in the 2011 UFL Championship. Sweet Jesus. First of all, Marty Schottenheimer, I think everyone always, everyone always gets pissed because Shadi got cut after a 14-2, got fired after a 14-2 season. But yeah, a 14-2 season where they lost in the first round to Kev, I believe it was your Patriots, right? Yeah, and if I – well, not it was technically the second round. Yeah. Because uh, they had a first-round bye. But yeah, I mean, but after – that's the second time you've made the playoffs in – five years and the other game was an AFC wildcard game that you saw you lose to the goddamn Jets I remember that game actually well it was funny I remember both I remember I was at my football awards banquet for my pop Warner program and they're like for anybody who cares the Chargers just lost to the Patriots 14 whatever the final score was and we half the crowd was all Giants or Eagles or Jets fans we all groaned Oh, wait, I was wrong. Sorry, I miscounted. He is still 5-13 and 13 in the playoffs. Oh, uh, okay. That's still not good. Oh, it's awful. It's atrocious. But, I mean, it's, this is a guy who hasn't made it past the first, second round besides with buys, so. I mean, he with Cleveland in the 80s, he made the champ, AFC Championship game twice, made it once with Kansas City in the 90s, but other than that, yeah, nothing. Never made it to a Super Bowl. See, that's my bad for forgetting he actually coached in Cleveland. Um, all right, moving on. We got, so before we before we go to the Sunday games, anything else about um, Buffalo, Baltimore? I what is the okay the narrative that all right Lamar needs a wide receiver one. Sure, he needs a wide receiver one, but that's not going to fix the guy's mechanics. He also needs like a people are blaming the coaching coach. and the mechanic in in the wide receivers. He, does not need a wide receiver one. He needs three wide receiver ones, two all-star running backs, an all-pro offensive line, a defense that can hold a team to four points a game. Two safeties. <laughs> oh, yeah. two, okay, two safeties would also help. He, he needs so much for him to succeed. I don't think it's that big of a laundry list, but I think, well, one, they got to get rid of Greg Roman. I'm sorry. Like, it, this, his system is so stupid. It's not, it, it works in the regular season, but it's so easy to shut down. I even talked about this on Friday and Thursday. The two, if you have two fast linebackers who can go coast to coast, it automatically negates any of this read option because they're not falling for those, those plays. Here's how you fix the Ravens offense. Ready? Mm-hmm. I hope Baltimore's listening. Oh, this can be good. You get another good tight end to go along with Mark Andrews. You run a two tight end single back set. Lamar Jackson's passing uh, completion percentage, QBR, and touchdowns are all miles ahead when he's throwing to tight ends or running backs. You go for short passes, and then that's all you do. You get another wide receiver maybe to go to the outside to get some defense off of the from packing the box, but that's really what you have to do for the Ravens. You have to go back to the the New England Patriots 2011-2012 playbook with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez before Aaron Hernandez started killing everyone. Well, before he got caught for killing everyone. Yeah, I was going to sound like, wait a minute. He I watched documentary so Multiple people at that point. But yeah. in that, that would help you win. That will 
lead you to success. I don't know how effective it would be going deep into the playoffs, but it would work exceptionally well getting you there. I would say get a big-bodied guy as the other receiver, maybe a Kenny Galladay or a um, Allen Robinson, or hey, take that uh, that Al take that Alshon guy from Philadelphia. He's basically free. The Eagles will pay you to Des take him. Bryant. I mean, listen, I love I, I love the fact that Des had six catches this year, and one of them was his first touchdown. The dude was like bawling on the side. I'm like, that's like a great football moment. I, I don't get the love for Des Bryant. I, I love Des Bryant for his style of play. It was very Michael Irvin-esque. Um, uh, do you know what the difference is? Yeah, Michael Irvin was in the trash bag. Michael Irvin could catch the ball. True. <laughs> just Although, say Des didn't catch it against the Cowboys fan. They just start, like, twitching. Um, uh, that, that's all about that. <laughs> other play, though, he really can't catch, but he did catch that one. Yeah. I remember watching that live. When they counted that as a drop, I laughed. I think because I think that was what 2014. Yeah, I was in middle school. I remember posting on Instagram trolling all my Cowboys friends. Jeez, you are freaking young. Um, because I was a, I was a sophomore in college. Yeah, that was the Seattle Patriots year. Kev. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was hysterical. Because that was after the Eagle, the Mark Sanchez proved he was on Jerry's payroll with the, how bad he played. Um. We had like a we had the league's leading rusher and two and a thousand yard receiver and still let, missed out of playoffs. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. I that yeah. Dad's caught that, but you know, jokes and jokes. All right. Sunday games. Um. This is like the longest edition of the one sentence game ever. It's because like basically this half our st- story today is the playoffs. Um. Chiefs. Browns. I first off, can I say I feel horrible for Cleveland. There was a shot. They started coming back in this game, and that Chad Henney run had to sting. That had to hurt. I, like, that had to hurt, like, something fierce. I can't even imagine it right now. That's, that's good. It's got to feel like, for like for me, like the Rodney Harrison interception of McNabb. Like, that's got to always got to sting like. Yeah, um, after that game, I heard the worst take that I've ever heard in my life. I have to hear this now, because you've yelled at me for some of my takes, so. The NFL should postpone this game, uh, the Bills-Chiefs game, until Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to play. Who said this and where? I'll give you three guesses who said it. Okay, do they work here? No. Oh. Max Kellerman. No. Nick Wright. No. Colin Cowherd. Yes. Colin Cowherd said he thinks there you go. postpone this game until because oh you're trying you want to see the best matchups possible you should postpone if Josh Allen was injured he would not be saying that they should postpone this game. Oh Colin Colin is this what happens like I guess I'm like the, his I guess I'm like his good luck charm the second I stop listening to his show his takes go. Wah! <laughs> They started a crap. It went even worse. I, I used to like love Lizzie Coward. He's just gotten. I think he needs to leave LA, man, because it's made his brain go funky. Like that's the worst take I've ever heard, and I've heard some bad takes. Oh yeah, same. No, I mean, well, no, I heard one. Uh, from, I'll heard one. That I'm going to talk about in last call from Brandon Lee Gowden of uh, Bleeding Green Nation. By the way, um, we are declaring war here at Belly Sports on Bleeding Green Nation. Screw those losers. They are the worst report. They are the worst run, like, of those um, CBS Sports. 
team report like leaks like sites I've ever seen. I don't know what the hell the Eagles fans deserve to get these bozos as they're as they're like, oh no, they're SB Nation. Sorry, yeah, they're SB Nation's fall off Eagles coverage. They are the worst. It, I've like I've like seen articles from the Giants, Redskins, and the and, uh, sorry, Washington football team and Cowboys. I've even seen some Patriots ones. And honestly, the reporting's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I was very impressed. I've seen some of the biggest dog shit crap articles from the Bleeding Green Nation, and I'm gonna rip them apart in the last call. But uh, yeah. Um, first off, Cleveland. The second they actually remembered they can run the football, they came back in the game. It's almost like rocket science. Oh wait, no, it's not. It's basic play calling. I'm sitting there watching with a couple friends, my family and everything else. I'm like, guys, the second I start handing back off to 24 and 27, they're going to get back in this game. <gasps> what happened? They started making up, like, points. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. It's like it, – it's a miracle. And then, then you know, like Pat said, Mahomes got hurt, and it was a shot. And I'm just like, oh, no, no, if Cleveland pulls this off, this is, like, the worst thing to happen to the NFL in league history. But – if there is one league who could pull off a Cleveland-Buffalo AFC title game, which would have been incredible, um, it is the NFL. They would spin as, like, underdogs versus eternally cursed on Sunday. I would have been like, right, you got my vote. But this game just – this is a good game. I'm not going to lie because I felt bad. I was, like, starting to, like, walk away. I'm like, oh, if – if Kansas City scores here, I might just, like, you know, put this on my side screen and start playing Xbox. And then Harrison Bucker kicked, like, shanked and wrapped the upright. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then Cleveland scored. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit here the whole time. Not leave, my, not leave my seat. So, I don't know. Kev, what would you think of this game as a total, though? I enjoyed it, honestly. Um, Patrick Mahomes 100% has a concussion. Oh, yeah, no. They're totally uh, covering up. He might have a pinch nerve as well because the way his knee reacted as he got up, that wasn't necessarily a I'm dizzy, I'm like my head hurts thing. It was like a my knee's not reacting the way I expected it to. However, also, he had the thousand yard stare yeah. into the fifth <laughs> row of the stadium. Okay, so I was like, the only one who saw yeah. this. I wasn't the only one who saw this on camera. Oh my lord, he looks like a guy who just got I'm actually not gonna make that joke. That's offensive. He's just it's I know where you're going with this. I don't know if you do. Text it to me, because I think I might have. Alright, well I text Jared. Samir, what did you think? Dude, I was like like at halftime I was like visibly upset. Like I, I wanted a good game. And that rule is so dumb, the the touchback rule. And I, I was just like, ah, God damn it. I just wanted a nice competitive game. Biggest cheap shot I've ever seen. Like, there was no hiding. Oh, that was oh, yeah. the helmet. And it's not reviewable? Are you? If that they, was, Okay, so time out, time out. If that up. was Tyreek Hill who took that shot? Or... Oh, my God, Kevin. <laughs> I did not see that one. Okay. Um, no, but, like, if it was a star wide receiver or if it was, like, Lamar Jackson – or any or, or Devonte Adams. This is like penalty thrown. It's a big deal. The league is blowing up about it. And you don't believe me? I have seen some star receivers get the dumbest calls. And, and the worst part about this was is that fucking touchback rule is the worst thing ever. 
Bill Cowher said it best. He goes, I understand the tw- like it's a t- like take it's not a touchdown, but at least give it back to the team who lost the ball at the twenty. And I was like, you know what? I dig that. That's good. Cause it's not their fault that it came because any other spot in the field it goes out of bounds, it's at that spot. Yeah, no, that's tough. Uh, have you heard what Chiefs fans have been saying about the hits in this game, though? Oh, they're calling the Cleveland Browns like the dirtiest team of all time. Yeah, the hit on Rashad Higgins, that was a clean hit. That was just a clean, good football hit. But the hit that Mac Wilson had on Patrick Mahomes, that was a dir- the dirtiest hit they've ever seen. Is that the one who got him concussed? <laughs> that's the one who tackled him that he ended up getting concussed on the tackle. Okay, Mac Wilson all, the ground is the reason he's concussed or allegedly has a pinched nerve. Um, And I had a kid asking me today, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I had a kid at work. He knows I have the podcast. He's a big Giants fan. Noxious as hell, though. He's the worst type of Giants fan. Um, He's like, Jared, why the hell are they not saying it's a concussion? I'm like, why do you think? He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, do you realize there's like a six-day window for concussion minimum? for league concussion protocol and he goes oh i'm like yeah concussion protocol means it's like a 50 50 shot patty don't play on sunday and he's like oh i'm like you think that's why they're covering it up man oh man they know there's because they know if chad henny plays against the buffalo bills it's a 30 point game at halftime <laughs> yeah okay i'm sorry because that's the best defense in the afc or at least the fastest and on top of that, you have Josh Allen, who's pissed as hell. He had a rough first half against Buffalo uh, against Baltimore. And I'm sorry, Kansas City's defense may have some good players on it. They're not even the same realm of skill and talent as Baltimore's. Josh Allen, if he gets rolling and Mahomes in that game, it's a Buffalo Green Bay or a Buffalo Tampa Super Bowl before like halftime. It's rough. Like, and we're and Josh Allen's making a case for MVP. At that point, because it's the, the they the only thing keeping them in this game is the fact that Patrick Mahomes might play. Hey, give Chad Henney some respect. Oh, he played great. It's a two twenty-five plays. point game at halftime. Get out of here with that thirty nonsense. Fine, twenty-four because twenty-five just sounds fucking ridiculous. <laughs> there. Even though the if sk- Chad Henney lets the Bills. Oh, go smear. Sorry. If if Chad Henney lets the Bills walk into Kansas City and he whoops them by ten, then I think we might have to have the conversation that Mahomes is a system quarterback. <laughs> Just all right, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're off the call after that bullshit take. What? Just shut up, okay? Come on, man. It was a bit. It was think, a bit. I think he's making a joke because for years everyone's like Tom Brady's a system I, quarterback. I, I, now I, he's I, out I of the system. With the, I was oh, playing with the I know he's not that stupid. Even the Chiefs fans are. It was a dirty hit. No, it wasn't. Mahomes just shouldn't. This is another reason why quarterbacks who aren't fast as shit should stay inside the pocket unless they have the Red Sea in front of them. Or literally the games in the line. Mahomes got, gets us – every time a Mahomes or a, a Wentz or a Rodgers gets us out of the pocket, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. I mean but- – Collarbone, concussion, it's to spin the wheel of injury. Rodgers' collarbone came on an in-the-pocket sack, by the way. Oh, I was uh, talking about the Anthony Bourne one. I wasn't talking about the second one. Also, when Rodgers rolls out of the pocket, he doesn't do it to run. He rolls out of the pocket and shucks it 40 goddamn yards downfield. Hey, Carson, on take notes. Dime. Carson, take notes. 
All, oh, by the way, uh, all three of Carson's injuries, the cut concussion, the back spasm, the, I mean the fractured vertebrae and ACL, all scrambling. Just a fun fact there. Um, all to the right. No, the one to the back was the left side. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I um, I just – I every time a quarterback who's not like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen level speed scrambles and it's into traffic, I'm just like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, Danny Dimes. You know what? Daniel Dimes got sacked by the yeah. turf Lincoln Financial Field. Okay. <laughs> you get sacked? <laughs> Tripped up. Sorry. Oh, yeah. he actually did get sacked by the turf at the link, too, as well. He was getting chased by Josh Sweat and fell over. Um, I don't know. It might that was like the Josh. second or third fastest run of the year. Yeah, no, it was uh, no, it was impressive. But the problem is the dude literally will never win you guys. <laughs> He is. I, I pray for Giants fans who actually think Daniel Dimes is a franchise quarterback. It's like I've been saying it since he got freaking drafted. That that draft class of 2018 was dog shit for quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know. We should have we should have taken an O lineman then waited, got a, a quarterback the next year. Oh, you mean you should have held off the legend Eli Manning one, let him play out his career raft into the sunset? No, I mean I run with Geno Smith for a year and just suck ass. Yo, if that meant we got like, I don't know. Kyler. Yeah. What? Yeah. Ky- like anybody. No, well, no, Kyler that would have been same. Kyler was the same draft class. No, no, no. Yeah, Kyler was the same class. And I got, okay. Joe Burrow. Sorry. Jared, you said 2018. And that's oh. what I was looking at. Oh, sorry. We wanted Herbert the year before. And then Herbert decided to stay at Oregon for another year. Yeah. Well, that was because he was smart. I think he could sense the disturbance in the force that was getting drafted by the Giants. Yeah. Also, the 2019 draft for quarterbacks wasn't terrible. It's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. No, that's 2018. Nope, Josh Allen was – no, that's the wrong Josh Allen. My God. That's the linebacker. Yes, Yes. thank you. That's the Kyler Murray, Will Greer, uh, Drew Locke class. I retract my statement. That was a fucking dog shit class. <laughs> no, because the second Drew Locke started sucking this year, I'm like, oh, this draft class is dog crap. And then uh, Dewey Haskins, best nickname ever. I, I this is why I love the McAfee show, man. They're just like DUI Haskins, perfect. Um, but um, I don't. It just it, yeah. I think the Giants got kind of hosed either way. Unless they trade up to get Murray, they were getting screwed at quarterback in that in that draft class. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least looking back, it's nice to know that we didn't pick Dwayne Haskins. and Because everybody hated the Giants for not taking Dwayne Haskins and thought oh, no, it was I such a mess. I laughed at you guys. All I know. <laughs> and, hey, at least that worked out. At the very bare minimum, he, we took the you know better what? quarterback He's a mobile game manager, so good job. Yeah, I, his ceiling is maybe Tannehill. And Actually, that's a big, I, I agree with that. A mix of Tannehill and Allen's Alex Smith, I see that. I endorse that. It's a good mix. That's um, yeah. Th- those yeah, are not bad quarterbacks. I know, honest. That's his ceiling, though. His 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 trajectory right now is um Blake Bortles with more speed. Um. Also, I want to point out the 2019 draft. Gave us the best punter in the NFL right now. Is that your from your Patriots? Jake Bailey. Still my also, favorite. Also, that objectively is a fact. He was the 
2020 first team all pro. That means he's the best punter in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating for that. You know what? The Patriots had a bad season. Listen, punter was all pro. Exactly. Do you know who we got the draft pick to take Jake Bailey from? Who? The Philadelphia Eagles. You're welcome, pal. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know what the worst part is? Um, uh, my favorite punter of all time, Donnie Durag, Bag of Bones Jones. Just like, you want to talk about a guy, just a country hick wearing a do-rag in the middle of a locker room in a predominantly black league and it looked perfectly normal? <laughs> Donnie Jones is a goat, and that man, I, he retired after the Super Bowl, and I was not offended by it. Speaking of retirements, we got one more game. The Jurassic Bowl, <laughs> live in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This game... This game, I don't think I've ever inspected the film on a game more because I had to understand what the hell happened. Because for about two quarters, I seriously thought New Orleans was going to pull away with this one. And I saw also the two greatest memes of all time. One, by our, our intern, Samir Cab, we got to give this kid a hand right now. Like, one of the greatest memes Thank of you. all time. Thank you. It's Thank on you our very Instagram. much. You know, I gotta get I gotta give myself a time like a percentage of praise because I texted him like, hey, let's get that meme game up on IG. First meme, 99 mile an hour fastball for strike three. Perfect throw. I was like, I was hype. I'm like, yes. I say I challenge it, but he comes back. Now, Samir, I want like two or three of these a week. So you gotta like even if you have to work with Kevin on your meme game, because Kev's memes are actually pretty good. Uh or Pat, because he is the marketing wizard. <laughs> I swear, I gotta put a little wizard hat in his contact. I have to. Um, just the meme game was perfect. And then the other one I saw was the whole how Mike Evan, Mike Thomas's um, Twitter and Instagram handles are can't guard Mike. Apparently, you can. Four targets, zero catches. A hundred percent hysterical. Like what? Like okay, so I know the slant king is is a thing, but at the same time. Kev, you did you realize how much I lost my shit when my boy Sean Murphy Bunting picked off uh, Drew Brees? That's such a bad throw. I know, but that's my boy. I love Murph. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for roasting Cruz on Twitter. I'm gonna be honest. I did too, cause he he texted me about an hour later, and he was so mad at me. <laughs> he was like, cause I I think I I shared a uh, Samir's uh meme. And Cruz just like atta- like didn't get attack me. It was like the most sympath. It was like the most like sad like fuck off <laughs> on Twitter I've ever uh, like, like Instagram message ever seen. I felt so bad. So um after we're gonna dedicate the end of the show to our boy Cruz because we want to send him a hug. Uh, because the poor boy, I-, I I I do feel him though because he said to me he goes like listen I became a Bama fan when I went to Bama but like the Saints are my first sports team I loved. And I'm like dude I feel that because <laughs> when my everyone's like oh. It's just a loss when Eagles lose, Jared. Like, no, the Eagles have gotten me through some of the darkest moments in my life. So I, I do understand Cruz in this one. So, um, I, I mean, he also replied to my tweet, I will hurt you. So, Kevin, I threaten you with physical violence at least twice a week. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Oh, I'm not complaining about it. I just, yeah, I, it. I just found it funny. I know. Um, he was so. Uh, we're we're at the corner booth. Are sending a little apology to our boy Cruz. We love him and we do care for him dearly. Um, it sucks, buddy. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. Um, 
one thing also, uh, Drew Brees, this is probably his last game as a Saint. I I tweeted this. I also want to make make comments on like Drew Brees did not announce his retirement. He did not tell anyone he was retiring. Jay Glazer said, I think he's basically said, I think he's going to retire. And everyone accepted it as fact. It's fucking Jay Glazer. I think the fact he said it's Drew Brees' last game in the Superdome means it's more likely than not, not going to be Drew Brees' last game in the Superdome. I, okay, listen, those three, the placement on those three interceptions would make me beg to differ because Jameis Winston was the most accurate pass of the game. Um, the one other thing I'll say about this, though, is, yeah, well, Kev, you and me have some big beef with Jay Glazer um, after that, mid, that. that mid-COVID announcement of the center for the, the backup center for the Rams getting COVID, and we all thought the league was getting shut down. We were all about to lose our damn minds. And, like, you know, I almost, like, I think everyone in the sports wanted to throw Jay Glazer into a chipper. Yeah, that, I hated that. That was the worst thing, because I saw that announcement I was like, oh, boy, it better be something good. And he's like, oh, the Rams' backup center has COVID. Oh, okay, whatever. It's like, uh, is he okay? Oh, he's had it for two weeks. He's he almost recovered. Oh, what the hell was the point? But, um, yeah, no. He's also, just, like, physically scary to look at. Like, he is unsettling. He looks like like something out of, like, a DreamWorks animation movie, but then they, like, ripped him off and put him on Fox. He looks, they like gave a bigger Jack, he looks like a Jack Shrek, like seriously. Yeah. And also, do you realize Jay Glazer is like 5'7", but he has bigger shoulders than me. It's it's ridiculous. I just hate Jay Glazer. I mean, there are sometimes though, he does get like the, like he does sometimes get like the best scoops though. Him and uh, Ian Rappaport usually are pretty about that. Mike Garofalo is pretty good too. Shefty, I swear, just recycles it. I, yeah, I feel he's like Shefty, just the ends guy. I feel like Shefty recycles smaller stuff, but I still feel like he gets like big stuff a lot. Specifically yeah. when it comes to, like draft day trades and shit, he gets that stuff pretty quick. Yeah, he's, he's um, one. Also, like Glazer's just an idiot. I mean, if he had said like, "Oh, this dude has COVID. He's a first NFL player," instead of going, "I have big news to drop in 24 hours." Yeah, me and Kev were sitting there ready to do an announcement on our show, and it's like, oh, it's at eight, it's at eight p.m. Eastern uh, Western time. We're like Pacific. We're like, what the hell? So yeah, no. Oh, but lasting thoughts on uh, New Orleans. First take was, uh, yeah, um, holy crap. Um, Drew Brees' ball placement was atrocious. Um, two. You can guard Mike. Three, Leonard Fournette's career resurgence, and I am all here for it. Dude, every I thought time he was Okay, so Leonard Fournette is like one of my favorite non-Eagles, and I Kevin has basically called him a bust to me, and I was starting to agree with him. And, yes, it's not pretty, but the way he's playing in the playoffs, he's earning himself a contract with some team. His stats aren't perfect. But he's playing good enough where he is like a, a legitimate weapon for that Bucks offense, and I'm here for it. I I don't think he's a bust. I think he's a bad player. I mean, but you took him at four overall. He's not on your team anymore, and he doesn't have any Pro Bowl appearances. That's a bust. Also, it was the Jaguars too. So I mean, you got you can't. Yeah, it, it, oh, it's still a bust. It's a bust in terms of him being a Jaguar, but 
his NFL career, he I don't think he's a bust. I think he just honestly the Jaguars, the four years he was there, they had one good season. Yeah, I still though, I mean, look at his his stats aren't great. He had one good year really in Jacksonville. Not he had two decent years. A decent year and a good year. Good year, 265 attempts, 1,152 yards, and three touchdowns, though. And then his rookie year, 268 attempts, 1,040 well, yards, shared, nine touchdowns. He shared carries 2017. I think they had a short-distance guy, too. Last year, Leonard he was— Fournette was the short-distance guy. I don't know why only three touchdowns. That's weird. Unless they did a lot of goal-line passing. I'm not even sure. Um, they the had ball- three running backs on the roster his rookie year. Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon. Okay. And— Fournette, he's he's a bust. And and I think he's not a bust. He's a bust as of now, but I think he's uh, definitely earning himself another contract. I love the fact he's basically taking starter snaps from Ronald Jones. That cracks me up because we were uh, talking about Ronald Jones. He's injured. No, but yeah, he he's played snaps. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's not injured. All right, so maybe he's not full speed, but the kids are. I will give Fournette this credit. With the snaps he's been given, has made the most of his snaps. Because one, we're talking about him. Two, you got people all over the internet talking about the fact that okay, this kid's actually he's finally playing okay in the playoffs. Because Jacksonville in 2017, his numbers were okay, but they weren't great. Yes, these are ugly numbers because the Buccaneers offense is not built for running the ball effectively, unless you're Ronald Jones breaking a 98-yard run. But he's played okay. I'm not gonna lie. I gotta give him some credit. Uh, yeah, no. L- L- uh, Leonard Fournette has not had a very good year. He has six rushing touchdowns, but 3.8 yards a carry is the second lowest lowest of his career. He only he had, he had less than 100 snaps this year. In, uh, yeah, but was, I'm just talking yards per carry. Yeah, I'm not saying also, I'm, I was I was talking just playoffs because I know I completely understand his regular season stats were dog crap because Lashawn McCoy got more regular season snaps than he did. He has 36 carries this playoffs over two games and has 156 yards. It's not terrible. He needs to be a short down back. He does. He's not gonna break a long one. That's why I think he needs to go with like a a Saquon, a Sanders, a um a Peyton, okay, a, so, a Philip Lindsay. He needs to go to like a team where like he's the number two guy, where he just is in there to like just beat the snot of both defense. So you're gonna use a the fourth overall pick for the guy to oh, be a number two back on another team. That's a bust. That's a bust. Oh Jesus. Also, same draft classes, Cook, CMC, and Kamara, I'm pretty sure. That running back, the 2017 running back class is just stacked. They're I mean, like the maybe one of the best all time. Marlon Mack, the only, okay, so fun fact, the only running back in the entire class who's still not playing the NFL today, or at least was drafted, is Danell Pumphrey. Who, get, who drafted him? <laughs> oh, the Eagles. Danell uh, fucking Pumphrey! All right, come on. Let's Alvin give him a fourth Cook's round sitting pick. There. What? He's a fourth round pick, though. Fourth round pick, but seriously, the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders all hit. Marlon Mack hit. I mean, the running backs taken after him didn't really hit. All right, so who got drafted after him? Jamal Williams, not bad. He played well this weekend, but he's not a great running back. Wayne Gallman. It's okay running back there. He's good. okay. Um, he just runs Ryan downhill. Hill. Who? Eh. 
Brian Hill. Fal- oh, he's on the, he might be the Jeremy lead back. McNichols. Uh, he's the short. Change of like, back, I think. Yeah, that's why. It's is it like the Titans or is it? He's on the Titans yeah. now, but the Bucks drafted him. Okay. Um, TJ Logan. Okay. Aaron Jones in the fifth, so that's fine. Uh, Elijah McGuire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe, the graphic, maybe the graphic I did see was kind of skewed. Yeah, and then uh, Austin Eckler was an undrafted free agent, so you're not going to take him in the fourth round. Nolan Mack in the seventh. Marlon Mack, by the way, has had a thousand yard season. Like he's can be signed somewhere and have like a good role. Oh, I don't know. Mack honestly got hosed in Indy, and that's not even his fault. I miss yeah. Marlon Mack because he was a, a comp- compensatory pick in the fourth round. Yeah, but sir, like Alvin Kamara was in the third, so you weren't getting him. Oh no, but we, Kamara was apparently the guy we wanted. We didn't want Dalvin Cook. The, I was I was reading this because they were like inside like people insiders in the draft room. When the Saints took Kamara, the Eagles panicked and then took um they they took went in another position and they came back in the fourth and tried to grab the best running back available because they wanted Kamara because Kamara had the receiving ability because they thought they were going to have Kamara fall to them. So I was, was like, oh, seventy fourth pick a draft day trade. I don't remember. I remember uh-huh. was we passed up on uh, Dalvin Cook for Sidney Jones, who just got cut last year. Um, so you guys used a first-round pick on Sidney Jones? No. Dalvin no. Cook was taken before that. Oh, we traded back, I think. No, you did not. Oh, we didn't. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's right. Now I remember because I was at the I, I took my mom for dinner and we were I was watching the draft on my phone and we got to the second round. We got like within like five, like a couple of picks of Philadelphia. The Vikings were up. The Vikings took Cook. Yeah, you guys could have taken Joe Mixon. Yeah, don't mind me. I know. At least you didn't burn a first on Evan Ingram. Yeah. Fair. Or drops and touchdowns. Instead, they took Derek Barnett in the first with Minnesota's pick. You know, that was a free first round, basically. We traded them Sammy Flappy Sleeves. So. Which is such a stupid trade that they gave up a first round pick for him. You know what the best part is? everyone That's one of those trades everyone looks at high rose like a genius. And I'm like, you realize you just kind of took the Vikings hostage. All right, so we've talked enough football. Any last thoughts on uh, Brady versus Breeze before we – Move on to college because Kev's got a take. I cannot wait to hear. Any other thoughts? I mean, uh, Brady's I got. Brady. Looks like he has like five more years. Like, kid oh. looks good. Nah, let's calm down. Yeah, let's calm I down. mean, he he's won't. Three. He won't. He's but yeah, no, because Giselle at one point will like take a knife to him and drag him off the field by his collarbone and be like, Tom, you're done. Huh. I, I think he just wanted to outlast Breeze. I swear. If Breeze retires, Tom will play one more game than him just to call it no career. Um, all right. Kev, Tennessee's in, in the news today, not just because they lost their best defensive end to, Phil, uh, to uh, Miami. What's going on in Rocky Top? 
So the this has been rumored to be going on for the last couple of weeks. Uh, NCAA sanctions and investigations were rumored to be coming down on the volunteers for a while in relation to recruitment violations. They had unapproved recruit visits, basically. So they didn't tell the NCAA these people are coming. They paid them. They gave them McDonald's bags full of money. Uh, so Jeremy Pruitt's fired. He's gone. Uh, Philip Fulmer retired, although that has nothing to do with the investigation. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. All right. Cool. I'm sure. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Tennessee is not back, like Philip Fulmer said a couple, uh, when they hired Pruitt. And I think it's hysterical. My favorite part of this is Tennessee did all of this shit. They broke all these rules. They're going to get all these sanctions they just to go suck. three and seven. They still suck. <laughs> I, I, I And... And also, I'm going to be a little annoying here. I think it's hysterical. So a rumored head coach that they're looking at is Doug Marone, which would really fit the mold of guys who break the rules and are kind of scummy people. Mm-hmm. But Belong I think sandwich. it's also hysterical. Nick Saban was asked about Doug Marone, and allegedly he said he'd be a good offensive line coach here. Wow. Which shows the shuts him down the two programs. Oh my god. You know it's it's so funny to me. Because the last good year they had was the Eric Berry year, right? Lane Kiffin? I don't even think they were that good with Lane. They had how many? Like they had double digit wins that year. The last good year they had double digit wins. And they didn't beat Alabama though, so yeah, no shit, Cap. They haven't beat Alabama since 2006. I understand. All right. So I'm uh, all hang I'm saying, on. I'm I'm looking to see their records. I, I swear the Eric Barrier was the last year. They were like really good. Really good is a stretch. Good to any kind of standard, like to a Miami fan standard. Good. Competitive, but that does not mean good. Um, last time, so in 2007 with Phil Fulmer, they went 10 and four. So it wasn't Lane Kevin, but they went seven and six in Lane's one year. Okay, so I was I was I was right that it was while Eric Berry was there, but I was wrong with the head coach. Yeah, but other, since then, five and seven in Fulmer's last year, seven and six with Lane. Derek Dooley comes in six and seven, five and seven, five and seven. Butch Jones, five and Butch Jones, national champion by the way. For who? Alabama. He was an offensive assistant. Okay, Kev, that's like... Butch Jones, 5-7, 7-6, 9-4, 9-4, 4-8, then Jeremy Pruitt, 5-7, 8-5, 3-7. And seven, and seven. Tennessee's back, 5-8, and 5-7. Oh, my Lord. Um, Or 3-7, whatever the hell you just said. Uh, yeah, no, um, you know, I always think Miami fans have been hosed the last couple of years, and then I look at Tennessee, I'm like, oh, okay, we're okay. I'm just like, oh my god! It's like you know, it, it it's funny because at least one, like yeah, we have Clemson in our division, but Clemson's beatable. Like there are some years where Alabama's just been like, all right, so who's gonna get bulldozed by us every week? So you know, it's it's just I just it's cracking me up because what they lost their 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 top deep edge rusher Johnson to the transfer portal. He's gonna be a hurricane. Um. I think it's kind of funny. I think he saw these coming because he probably – who knows, man? He might have been, he might have seen these violations. He didn't want to get caught up in this. So, I don't know. It's uh, This is definitely uh, a black eye for Tennessee. Can, can I give you guys a great Twitter account to follow? Sure. At since UT sure. beat Bama. They just <laughs> – they haven't tweeted since October, and I'm kind of upset by that. But – 
uh, October 26th was the last time they tweeted, which is sad. But it's 5,119 days. That's incredible. Yeah, they 16-13 win in 2006 when Mike Shula was the coach. I was a sixth grader. Uh, yeah, the next year, Nick Saban comes down 41-17 Alabama. Yeah. I remember the year they won the national title. They started the season ranked 25th. Yeah, no one expected Alabama to win in 09. They all, they barely beat Tennessee. They won 12-10. I, I, no, all I remember is because I remember um, 09, that was that was when USC was still at power, when Pete Carroll was still there. So they were they were the favorites that year because I think they had Sanchez or they might have John David Booty or Matt Barkley had somebody who was ranked high. That was back when I was just like watching Pac-12 football a lot. And um, yeah, dude, I just remember Alabama just smoking whoever they play week one. I'm like, okay, Bama's good. And then I remember them just absolutely smacking over there playing the national title. Um, also, uh, Texas was who they played. Uh, Terrence Cody, I love Terrence Cody. He blocked two kicks in that Tennessee game, including one that won them the game. Terrence Tank Cody. He was on my what old man. That dude was a be- that dude was a bus. <clears throat> yeah, they they beat week one. They beat number seven Virginia Tech, thirty four twenty four, and they were ranked fifth. Oh yeah, that I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all coming back to me now. It's been a while, but I remember Alabama was twenty fifth, and they smacked some top five team. Um, alrighty. So, uh, quick, uh, news for anybody who cares about hurricanes. We went three for three in the transfer portal, got the three big targets we wanted. Uh, Rambo, the receiver from, uh, Oklahoma, who is fast as all God hell. Um, Johnson, defensive end from Tennessee. I mean, Kev, Kev, Kev did say it's, he must not be that good if he's leaving Tennessee. Um, I mean, Roche was struggling at, uh, Virginia Tech had a great season with us. Now we're projecting the top 64. So, you know what? Maybe he just wants to get a projected higher draft pick. I'll take him for one year. Hell, we got we got a couple good DNs coming up in the next three or four years out of our draft cl- out of our recruiting classes. And then the one I was really happy about, Stevenson, the cornerback from Georgia, who loves to play bump and run man, and is going to be playing with Al Blades Jr. and DJ Ivy. Hurricanes look not too bad. So that about wraps it up for all um, – college but we got some head coaching stuff so uh danny biceps is getting hired by the oh my god the detroit lions dan campbell is their newest head coach they're agreeing to terms today that man's got some cannons for a head coach (laughs) i I saw something that said the lions just hired pc principal as their next head coach oh i saw that on tiktok i was crying like no the roasting. Um, and then uh, also the other news is the Chargers hired Staley, the uh, defensive coordinator from the L.A. Rams. I honestly, Kev, I know you hate the move because we both didn't want Anthony, Anthony Lynn getting canned. Him getting fired is the dumbest thing. Um, the Chargers are not going to have any success in the next couple of years, and people are going to point to the fact that they fired Anthony Lynn and therefore, they're probably going to go on a string of hiring and firing coaches because that's what teams do for some reason. I don't oh, know why. And they have a young quarterback. It's almost like the Spanos family doesn't know how to run a franchise. Oh, wait. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you know, 
Oh, my God. They let Drew Brees walk because of a, a weird shoulder injury. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, they also have right. Philip Rivers waiting. Yeah, true. But I mean, like, one won a Super Bowl, one's going to retire with that one. Um, all right. And the other okay, – so, so here's the kicker, guys. There's only two head coaching spots left. My Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, good Lord Jesus. And the – Houston Texans. Now, I always everyone everyone's making jokes about how the Eagles are literally interviewing everyone under the damn sun for interviews. And I have three theories about this. One, the leader in the clubhouse right now is Josh McDaniels. For the love of God, I hope not, but if I do, I'm praying that he resurrects our offense. Two, the other one, the other leader in the clubhouse, only because of something Andy Reid said in his last press conference, is his boy Bianami. And the Eagles reached out to the enemy. He's not taking any interviews until after the the Chiefs are eliminated. But I think the I, this is the other thing I was thinking about, and I I thought about this when me and Samir were talking while Kevin was off doing some other work from Belly Up, is that what if the Eagles are just doing all these interviews in order to do their due diligence? They hire they meet with the enemy once, and like okay, we're good, and they hire him on the spot. I could see that happening if Buffalo beats them this weekend. I really could because that, that is totally a Howie and Jeff move. Because um, honestly, as much as Houston, as much as everyone's like, as much as everyone wants to beat up on Philadelphia, I would rather work for Jeffrey Lurie than Bob McNair. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think Philadelphia fans are a little delusional at times. I they. Refuse to accept that they are also a dysfunctional organization. Yeah, right now we are. No, seriously, we we basically had a head coach sabotage his own team. We've also had a GM who could not draft anybody for the past four years, and um, we have had an offensive coordinator in two seasons. I, I think Lurie's part of the issue. Oh, I'm no, gonna be honest. Way too, he's gotten way too involved. And. I think that can work if you get relatively involved and say like, hey, like, here's what I think the team should do. But you have final say, obviously. It's, it's my team. Like, I have the right to say this. But, you know, whatever you think's best. But he's like he's getting very involved, like telling Doug he I don't think he should have benched Carson, but telling Doug you can't bench Carson until this year. Well, and, last year they shouldn't have benched Carson. No, exactly. last year they shouldn't have. But it took when did. When was Jalen Hurts' first start? Uh, week uh, 13. Thir- no, 13 he came in. His first start was 14 against the Saints. They should have benched Carson yeah. before. Oh, no. Uh, after the Seattle game, honestly, they shouldn't. Carson shouldn't have played against Green Bay. But Larry um, was telling them you can't do that. I know. And also, but one thing uh, – one thing, and here's the thing – and. I I understand Lur I I sort of understand Lori's point of view there, but at the same time, I think Carson needed to get benched. Anything he needed to get his reality, he get his head his head head straightened out. But also, the Eagles' season was lost after they lost to the Giants. Anybody yeah. who thinks it wasn't, it was. It, there was no shot at a Super Bowl in in Philadelphia. As much as Kevin, as much as you you like to make fun of the Eagles and their expectations sometimes, in Philadelphia, playoffs is the bare minimum. Because of who that we have in our division, like we're, we expect to be in the final four or eight by the end of this, or final two, and yet, like it's not. There's an expectation to win, and even if we haven't fulfilled that, 2017 raised our expectations. 
And the thing Which is, is wild to me. Oh, I, don't don't get me started about that. What is what the problem is now is the reason Doug got fired, and I I unloaded on an Eagles fan about this today because he was like bringing up all these things about all these articles that were going at Carson Wentz, and I'm like, all right, you know what, guys, guys, he's our quarterback. They say he's going to be a starter. Stop. Like, there's no point. You're not going to change Jeffrey Lurie and Ty Rosen's decision. They want Carson as the starter. It's not going to change anything. But like the biggest thing to me is. When Doug Peterson went in for his meeting with How with Howie and Jeff Lurie, Jeff Doug Peterson went in there with his job. He was going to keep his job when he went in there. But what he said to Doug to Jeffrey Lurie lost him his job. It's because the what what his ideas for prom- certain player promotions, not hiring outside, it's LA from within, all these things that all these we're just going to tweak things. We're not going to really change anything. And Jeffrey Lurie sat there and looked at me and goes, "No, you're fired." Like they um, wanted to make they wanted to make Press Taylor the the new the offense coordinator. Press Taylor is one of the reasons that the offense went to shit. Um, on top of that, their plans for defensive coordinator made no sense. They wanted to hire like a def, bring elevated defensive assistant. I did not like that as well. And it just that was the biggest reason from multiple sources why Doug Peterson got fired is because his plans for the coaching staff. We're not point. There, there's also another report that you're ignoring. Which one was this? Doug one? Peterson wanted more control in player personnel decisions. I think we learned our lesson the last time that happened with Chip Kelly. And that's why Eric Bieniemy is not going to Philadelphia. It's being reported a lot of the reasons why he's not going to certain teams is he wants player personnel decision making ability. I also think that it, we're gonna. I, I think we're also gonna see. I think it also is. It was more or less Doug wanting it than anything else. I don't know. I it, There's a lot. The, the problem is, is that we hear these reports and the, the Philadelphia media is the worst, by the way. Screw all of you, except for my A2D radio and Liberty line. You guys, are the only ones who I don't hate right now, Um, because I, I know people work there. And the worst thing to me is right now in this, I guess we'll just, this this will kind of I won't do last call down because we're, we're discussing this already. Um. All these like these these news articles are coming with these recycled headlines and like the clickbait stuff, and it's driving me nuts. And at the end of the day, we've we've talked about this multiple times. If somebody, if some, if reports have anonymous sources, sometimes it is literally the a player who has something to gain from this pl- said player or coach, you know, getting slandered. They're the source. It's it's not rocket science to me. The other thing is it's just driving me nuts. Is that we're looking for a new head coach. Why is our why is our starting quarterback the head discussion right now? He's not getting traded. They said he's going to be the starter. They're going to try to build the offense around him. That was the kind of the rec- that was kind of the the prerequisite to getting hired for us. And so far, the leader in the clubhouse for that is Josh McDaniels. So I mean, listen, Josh can do it. I'm all for it. But uh, I but what I'm going to say is. Let's focus on just getting that damn head coach and the fact that we are watching one of the most entertaining playoff stretches we've had and the fact that we made it to the NFL playoffs through this whirlwind of a season. Uh, it's just the Eagles headlines bewilder me. Let's talk about the fact – oh, oh, like besides the fact it might be a player's birthday or dr- like mock drafts and I was taking like Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or whoever falls to us at six – that should all that be going on. I just the Philadelphia media is ridiculous. I'm so irritated with it. I'm done. Just enough until the off season start, like truly starts, 
We have a new head coach. Just shut up. <clears throat> I have a hot take. Go for it. Not that hot. Eric Bieniemy next season will be the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you know, I was going to just say that. I can see it too. If he he's if not I, taking interviews, I don't see Philadelphia hiring him. Honestly, I think Josh McDaniels isn't going to be a bad hire because when he was in Denver, he had a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball. I think he has one now. You've seen what he can do with a competent quarterback. I think Carson Wentz is an intelligent quarterback. I think he has to work on taking what the defense gives you and not scrambling out of pocket because that gets him injured. Mm-hmm. But I don't – Carson Wentz is an idiot by any stretch of the word. He knows how to play football well at a high level. Look at 2017 before he got hurt. Even 2019 Eric, with no receivers. Exactly. And <clears throat> Eric Bieniemy. the reason – so if Philly's not going to hire him, well, Houston. I would say I would say if if anybody has a shot, if Philly or Philly or Houston, I would say Philly's got an easy. Uh, uh, let, let's say they have a little more of a track, only because Reed yeah, would I, have to, I'm, I'm getting yeah. to that. Sorry, I mean Philadelphia is a better chance to hire him because Houston doesn't want him. That's apparent. They were not even asking for an interview until Deshaun Watson starts speaking up, and now that people in the organization reportedly think Deshaun Watson has played his last snap for the Houston Texans. They don't want him anymore. Who are There's they going to hire? Um, I haven't heard them do an interview yet. Doug Peterson. Oh, my God. be hysterical. So funny. Give him full <laughs> control of the team. Have Bill O'Brien 2.0. It'd be great. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> want to save, save Carson Wentz's legacy? Have Bill, have uh, Dougie get a hold of the uh, Houston Texans. <clears throat> uh, step one. I feel like a prerequisite for the job is going to be like, Work with Nick Cesario. Get a decent package with Deshaun Watson. You know who I want to see go to Houston, actually? Who? Not want to, because I don't I, – I want to keep him. Gerard Mayo. I think that could actually work out well. I want to see what he can do. He's used to Nick, Nick Cesario. He's talked to him. They, I, he was, he's been involved with the Patriots since 2001. He was part of the team that decided to draft Gerard Mayo. I want to see what he can do with that defense, with J.J. Watt. With Zach Cunningham and those linebackers. It'd be incredible. Um, They do have a lot of offensive question marks, so I think he would have to get a good OC. But there are a couple. I think it would work out well. I honestly, you know, I, Gerard Mayo is one of those guys that brought, were brought up in the Eagles, like, because the Eagles have interviewed. Basically, I think, besides, Kev, I think me, you, and Samir all have interviews next week with them, by the way. Um, oh, tell you guys, mine's tomorrow night. Yeah, my, I got I got email. Mine's tomorrow morning. But uh, it's got to be over Zoom because I can't make it to Philadelphia in, 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 with this traffic in my schedule. But um, like right after we're done recording. Oh, nice. Samir, Samir already had his. He just didn't tell us yet. So <laughs> the biggest, the the biggest thing, like I saw Dennis Allen getting an interview and um, John Fossil, and I swear, I, I think the Eagles are literally just killing time so the enemy gets eliminated, and they're like, all right, Eric, do you want to be our coach? Cool. All right, sweet. All right, Howard, drop the contract. I think that's what they think. If, and if he doesn't, they're like, hey, Josh, um, you want an offense with a lot of speed, a quarterback with a cannon who wants anybody but Doug? Sure, cool. All right. Hmm. Oh, how funny would it be if Josh McDaniels cucks the Eagles like he cucked Indy? Oh, his co- oh. his coaching reputation's done at that point. And it doesn't matter. Because if he cucks it, Philly, he's going to be the next coach of the Patriots. True. At that point, then, I would say uh, Mayo, Deuce Staley, or 
Mayo or Deuce Staley would probably be the head on. They're interviewing Todd Bowles this week. I feel like they're just they're just seeing and they're they they I think Howie also they they didn't think they were gonna be here at this point. So they're like, all right, let's just talk to everybody. I guess the uh the meet the the longest meeting was with Josh McDaniels. So I guess it went in like eight or nine hours, which is like wild that. to me. Oh, I know they they like. I also feel like Howie and Josh are the same personality, which is scary. <laughs> They're the same type of person. It's really terrifying to me. So it's Josh McDaniels' job because if you're talking for eight or nine hours, you're basically game plan. Oh no, that's the that's the, the the Vegas favorite is Josh McDaniels right now. All Eagles, all Eagles insiders who I, I, I who I, I follow or know have said the same thing. The only the only hail the only person in the race that has a shot besides him is Deuce because he's the internal hire, um, which is like a play. The players love it. At least if they're gonna if they don't put, put Josh, they better promote Deuce to OC, um, which I think is a very realistic possibility. And then the other one is Eric Bieniemy. Because Biennemi has Andy Reid's blessing going to Philadelphia. Jeffrey Lurie is still friends with Andy Reid. Howie Roseman would not even gawk at that because if there was somebody who would give personnel decision, it'd be somebody who's from the Andy Reid coaching trade. So um, I could see that happening. I think Howie and Doug just got into it because Howie wanted one thing, Doug wanted another. With Biennemi, it's his first time head coach, I feel like he would listen to Howie more. Because as much as ha- another, ha- I, I never thought I'd say this, but thank God for John Dorsey because at least we'll draft better this year. Uh, true. I don't know. Philly's had its moments with draft classes. I mean, the Chip, Kel- Chip Kelly's first draft class for the first couple of years was actually really good. Fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I'm done talking Philadelphia. Kevin, anything weird? I do. We were talking about the Wildcat earlier, so we're gonna go back to the year 2008. Ooh. The Patriots, fresh off of a 16-0 season. Uh, they had Matt Castle at quarterback, which sucked. That year was painful. Thanks, they bro. went 11-5. The <laughs> Dolphins started the season 0-2, uh, two years removed from Nick Saban. Pat- Dolphins roll into Foxborough, win 38-13 on the back of the Wildcat. And rumbling Ronnie Brown. It. Ronnie Brown, 17 carries for 113 yards. That's 6.6 yards per carry. Four rushing touchdowns, as well as 19 yards passing and a passing touchdown for 148 or 158.3 rating. They run that like the next three weeks, and by like the third week, everyone shut it down. Yeah, pretty much. They got smoked later in the season when New England went down to Miami. Uh, But you know who else was on that team? Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, 16 carries for 98 yards. You know, I, I rooted so hard for Ricky Williams in his comeback. Uh, the greatest headline ever is, Ricky Williams, I got high and forgot I wasn't supposed to get high. He's bald now and it's weak. <laughs> that, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I haven't had that happen to me. I didn't have to pass an NFL drug test afterward. Yeah, exactly. I, I had to go to a I had to go to Spanish class. You weren't making millions <laughs> millions of dollars on the single prerequisite that you do not get high. You know what's so funny is that 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 dude's story is crazy to me. What is he a yoga instructor now? Yeah, no, but also like his whole backstory is nuts. But like he honestly, honestly. Yeah. 
This is what is like top five most dominant college running backs of all time. Yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Why is he not in the College Hall of Fame, by the way? No, he should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Why? Um, because he's one of the few running backs with over 10,000 career rushing yards. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because he did play. He Oh, I forgot how early his career not started. In the Hall of Fame. Um, like, let's look. Let's, let's look at this number and go through. Let's find. Where's your rank all time for rusher, rushing leaders? It, it's not high. He is 31st with 10,009, but like guys ahead of him, I think he was important to the game. I mean, OJ Simpson is ahead of him. He's in the Hall of Fame. John Riggins is a fullback. Franco yeah. Harris, Thurman Thomas, Marcus Allen. Fred Taylor has an outside chance of getting in as an old-timer. Uh, Edron James, Marshall Falk, Jim Brown, Tony Dorsett, Eric. Basically, the entire top 16 is in the Hall of Fame, outside of Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson, because they're still playing. Yeah, so basically, Ricky should get in. Yeah, and some of the guys ahead of him aren't, like Otis Anderson. Marshawn Lynch, maybe. I think Lynch will get in as like a third ballot. Eddie George, I think, should be in. Tiki Barber's not Thomas Jones. Jamal Lewis, Ricky Waters, work done. LaShawn McCoy, Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon also should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he also, I think Shady would get, will get in eventually, too. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. I think a lot of these guys I feel like will get in the same way Kenny Stabler got in. Uh, the old timers committee. Kenny Stabler should have been long before that, but yeah. All right. Well, um, there's a little running back history from Mr. Kev. Uh, all right. Uh, intern, you got anything else for us? Uh, yeah. One last thing. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter Clay Matthews the third was pleading to fans. I guess it's Clay Matthew Jr.'s last year of eligibility on, like, the modern ballot for the Hall of Fame, and he was saying, hey, man, we got to get this guy in there. Right. I'm looking at his stats, and there's a case. I mean, come on. He, guy had a 100 tackles, one, two, three, four, five, six years out of his, his career, and he had almost 1,600 tackles on his entire career in a 19-year span. Yeah, I mean, four-time Pro Bowler, second-team All-Pro, Browns Ring of Honor, ProFootballReference.com have them on their 80s All-Decade team. That doesn't really matter, though. But ProFootballReference is also one of the best sites. I, I think, honestly, he should get – I think he should be a last – I mean, when did he retire? Like, two thousand, like 1990-something? 96. 96. I think – I, I think I've said this before, actually. I don't think any of the Matthews should get in the Hall of Fame until except, Clay's about to get in. Then you put all three in at once. Except for Bruce, because, you know, one of the best, like, tackles. Of all well, time. I meant the, like, the Clay Matthewses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think once Clay Matthews the third is about again, because I think he's probably going to get in. He had yeah. a really good career. Played for a while. It definitely tapered off towards the end, though. Well, yeah, but it does with everyone. But, I mean, Super Bowl champion, six-time Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, according to the Pro Football Writers of America, Butkus Award winner in 2010. That That draft class, by the way, of linebackers from uh, USC was insane. Um, Matthews. Brian Cushing, Keith Rivers, that was like the most loaded. They were all three of them were first rounders. 
Brian Cushing should not be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, definitely not. Just no. the PEDs alone. But, no, I, I think once Clay Matthews is about to get in, which he should, you put all three in at once. <laughs> okay, I'm for it. Um, also, yeah, no. when I said, like, the Matthewses, uh, Clay Matthews and Clay Matthews Jr., neither of them are in the Hall of Fame. So that's kind of why. No, put in Casey Matthews, too. Why not? Oh, okay. Let's let's hold <laughs> off. Man. That man was scrub. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles knew, but Casey Matthews. I just want to see your reaction to that. I don't think Casey Matthews. Oh my God, he's stuck in Oregon. When was where was he drafted? Like fifth round. Okay. He was cheeks, man. I remember his first game with Philadelphia. I was like, I watched this kid in the national title like eight months ago, and I was underwhelmed. I'm about to be really underwhelmed right now. The Matthews family has a Wikipedia page. That's hysterical. All right. Y'all ready to roll out? Uh, yeah. All right. Live stream on Thursday. Podcast and show on Friday. Should be a good show. We might have a surprise guest on Thursday. All right. All right. Ladies and gents, I'm Jared. That's Kev. That's the intern, Samir, the meme king himself. We will see y'all later in the week. Bye. Peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.